Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Whether you have a divinity degree, a PhD, or a GED, you have everything that you need to follow in and share the Word of God. Pastor J.D. confesses that he's not academically qualified by worldly standards in today's message, but it was not the world that created him. God created him and created you for his good. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 6th, 2023. What I want to talk with you about today is what I'm going to affectionately refer to as one having a pre-trib rapture preparedness. And the reason I'm choosing this title and topic is because whether we realize it or not, we are being prepared. And even in some cases programmed, dare I say, it's not really a matter of if we're being prepared. It's more a question of are we prepared for what's being prepared. I know this might come off as maybe an oversimplification, but I'll say it nonetheless. We're either prepared by the world for the world or we're prepared to be taken out of the world. And this by way of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, which I will never shrink back from. I don't care who says what about that. I will never cower or falter or be intimidated by anybody that says, you're so dogmatic about the pre-tribulation rapture. I needed to get that off my chest right out of the shoe. But the pre-tribulation rapture is when we who are alive and remain are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. As 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17 in my Bible says, but The sad truth is that the masses, including professing Christians, (laughs) are actually being readied for the tribulation coming upon the world and not the pre-trib rapture when we're taken out of the world. And that's just the fact of the matter, sadly. Even sadder? Not only are many Christians not prepared for our soon departure in the rapture, 
they, along with others, including some pastors and teachers, demean those, belittle those who dare to believe that the rapture of the church, the pre-trib rapture of the church, can happen like right now. <laughs> was just checking. It's actually even worse than that. I want to get this out of the way, so. But it's worse than that because teachers of Bible prophecy are joining in and piling on anyone who dares to suggest that we don't have decades before the rapture could happen. We are that generation. But anybody who, who dares to say that, you're a date setter! Stop. Just stop. I didn't realize I'm so upset already, and I, we haven't even started. I, let me try to calm down. I, Lord, I'm sorry. Just help me. Actually, I'm going to share with you <laughs> a most interesting email that we received a couple of days ago. I'm going to share some portions of this email with you. It speaks to this exact issue. I mean, I have been struggling personally, and we get this email, and I'm like, Lord, thank you. You knew I needed someone to email this to me. So I want to share it with you. Good day, Pastor JD. I follow you online from Trinidad in the Caribbean. Today, however, I would like to spell out very plainly yet another reason why I appreciate your ministry. A pastor, while he seemed concerned about the harm caused by date setting, had an attitude towards those among us who are excited about Christ's return, and it was very discouraging. He said of these brethren that their eschatology lacked scholarship and academia, and that they should not try to teach Hebrew and Greek, because they are so far from a proper knowledge of these languages. <laughs> I didn't write this, okay, just so you know. I could have, maybe not as well, but I've been struggling with this, and she's hitting the proverbial nail on the head, because there seems to be this, I'll use her word, attitude on the part of some who possess certain academic credentials, have a proper understanding of the original Hebrew and Greek language, are biblically qualified in their scholarship, that have sort of banded together now and teamed up on and piled up on brothers and sisters in Christ who are going, hey, yeah, but where are your degrees? Where are the letters after your name? I don't have any, so I changed my name. I just put the letters in front of my name, JD. <laughs> 
which stands for Jesus' disciple, by the way. Reminds me of the Apostle Paul. I'll get back to the email, just bear with me, but it reminds me of the Apostle Paul when he writes to the Corinthians in his first letter at the beginning, by the time he gets to the second chapter, he writes about how that he did not come to them seeking to impress them with his intellect. He did not come to persuade them with the eloquence of his speech. Rather, he came to preach Jesus and him crucified. And here's a guy that by any standard, I mean pretty impressive, and he could assert, I would have, which is why God probably never allowed me to ever further my education. I barely graduated high school. I'm not proud of that, but I just think that God still chooses to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and the weak to shame the strong. Nothing wrong with that, except that when that becomes the credential, the authentication, the validation, and there's this superiority like, well, who are you? You're a nobody. Well, last time I checked, God uses nobodies. I love how one said it, you're not in the who's who. Well, I'm in the who's he. (laughs) This is a problem. And I'm going to just hit it head on because I see it getting worse. So she's just sharing her heart with me about her struggle with this idea that you have to have eschatological scholarship and knowledge of the Greek and Hebrew, and you have to have the academic credentials to be able to even teach Bible prophecy. Quoting the email again, very well written. He did not have to call the names of the brethren he was levying his attack on. I was so disheartened to hear him speak this way. I know I'm no theologian and am not a graduate of any cemetery. Actually, seminary. She didn't say cemetery. I added that. But of late, I've taken a position to be somewhat of a watcher because of what I observe where I am. But after hearing him, I doubted whether I should even desire or pursue such a course. After all, I do not know Hebrew or Greek, but I can surely make a good go at researching the scriptures. Oh, does it make me less worthy to, and this makes me want to cry, Does it make me less worthy to labor in the vineyard because I am not as learnt as he or they? Sometimes I wonder if brothers like this and such likes are angry more at the fact that these brethren are revealing information that they did not have years ago, especially since some of them have many books out there about end time 
prophecies and what they felt were signs of the times. Now they know that they were wrong, and it seems to me that they're still trying to justify their positions from years before. That position is just as damaging as the brothers he's accusing. He did not seem too kind, in my opinion, not very gracious, almost not embracing them as brethren in the Lord. Before I found your ministry two years ago, it was these preachers I was listening to, and it was exactly this effect their preaching had on me. They did not call a specific date, but they did not need to, and I made some very important decisions based on what they taught, and they puzzled me too. I heard them planning for things way into the future while delivering these powerful sermons of Christ's soon return. Then I listened to some of their conferences and was left puzzled and even angry. People ask questions like, is the Antichrist alive today? Or how long after the rapture would the tribulation begin? Or how long before the rapture happens? Here's one answer. We don't know if the Antichrist is alive. My brain can't make sense of this. The rapture could happen any time, but the tribulation could begin months, years, or even 50 years from now. These same preachers use John 14 to prove the rapture, making reference to a Galilean wedding. When the scriptures tell us that when we see certain things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draweth near. Where do these two examples fit in with an answer as stated earlier? They do confuse me greatly. Then, with respect to when the rapture will occur, I have actually heard one of them in an interview say, it could be as much as 50 years from now. Imagine that. I'm like you, Pastor. I love you. (laughs) I feel sorry for you, but if you're like me. But she goes on to write, there goes my blessed hope. These preachers say that even though everything is lining up, God could make it play out for as long as 50 years more, because we do not know the day or the hour. They think that they are innocent, but they are not. They have robbed me of the joy of my blessed hope, all the anticipation and so forth, from watching so many other good brothers in the Lord. It does take its toll because they seem to be seasoned prophecy watchers on the block, talking in this manner. And some seem to have hinged so much on scholarship and education and academia that I wonder what place the Scripture has in this thinking when it tells us that we have an unction from the Holy Spirit, so that we need not that any should teach us. That was 1 John. We just talked about this, the unction from the Holy Spirit that gives you discernment. But here's this precious sister in the Lord going, oh, I guess I have to listen to them because they're the authority now because they have the academic credentials now. They have the scholarship now. So 
I guess I don't need the Holy Spirit or the, oh, I don't need the the Scriptures because apparently I can just go to them and they'll interpret it for me instead of me. Hmm. Studying is important, but to project that it is only the formally trained should have a voice is humiliating. Still, we are Christ's. Not so? You know what she's saying here? She's saying, I'm just a nobody that loves Jesus, and I'm watching for His soon return, as I'm told in the Scriptures I should. And I'm watching, and I'm discerning the times, and I'm understanding the times, and I know like the men of Issachar what I need to do, and I happen to know a couple of verses. Oh, not like you, <laughs> But if I go to the Scriptures, that's the final authority. The reason I wanted to start out this way and share this with you is because we're exhorted in Scripture, as this sister so eloquently and passionately writes, to be at the ready in our expectation of the rapture at any time. Paul was. 2,000 years ago, we who were alive and remain. Every generation has, by God's design, thought that the rapture could happen in their lifetime. And it could have. And they were ready. And they weren't Greek and Hebrew scholars. They were not theologians. And you don't need to be a Greek or Hebrew scholar or theologian to know that the end is not near. The end is here. Ah, One more thing before I turn this next corner. I wonder sometimes, if it's not the opposite that's true. Stay with me, hear me out. For those of you who see me as your pastor, which I'm profoundly privileged to be, you understand that I stand before you, as is my privilege to every week, as one who has no formal education. Again, nothing wrong with that. I have no Greek or Hebrew scholarship. I can speak a little bit of Arabic. Just thought I'd throw that in. I'm just somebody that God looked at and thought, you know, I could probably use a guy like that. Yeah, but here's the heavenly host going, not only does he not have an impressive resume, he actually doesn't even have a resume. I know. Yeah, but him? Come on, you can can do better than that. Actually, I'm going to use somebody like that because then they will know it's not him. Because look at him. (laughs) I, I can't stand before you and give any credit to my credentials. Paul says, the reason I didn't come to you with my crushing intellect, which he possessed, 
my persuasive speech, which he possessed. The reason I didn't come to you, I could have, but I didn't. You want to know why? That way you would know is the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and God's Word, not my intellect. So that when you walk away, you're going, wow, if God could use somebody like that, there's hope for me. Because again, I'm pretty sure it's still there. You can look it up after the prophecy update, but God does choose the foolish to confound the wise so that he alone gets the glory. I think of David, one last thing. He's not even in the lineup. Are you kidding me? Here comes Samuel. He's got the Urim, the Thummim. He's ready to anoint the next king of Israel to succeed Saul, from whom the kingdom has been taken away. He shows up. Seven young, built, buffed, work out every day at 24-hour fitness. Especially the oldest brother, Eliab. And in that culture to this day, the firstborn, that's the one, the heir apparent. Surely Eliab is the next king of Israel. Can you picture them standing there, Eliab looking at those other brothers going, you know it's me, I don't even know why you're bothering. So here comes Samuel, and even Samuel is baffled. It's like, it's not you. Eliab's going, here, try again. No, it's not you. And then by age, he goes down the list. Seven brothers, none of them. He is flabbergasted. He says to Jesse, the father, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I didn't pull the wrong file here. You have have another son? Oh yeah, but come on, he's, he's the youngest. Where is he? Well, he's out. Oh, tending to the sheep. Well, go get him. And nobody sits down, has a cup of coffee until he gets here. So could you imagine the surprise on David's face when they come out and they get him and said, hey, the prophet Samuel's there and he's asking for you. Me? Yeah, you. You talking to me? Yeah, you. So we're told the detail. I love it. God's got a sense of humor. Little ruddy, you know. He's a teenager. Smells like sheep. Comes in from the sheep that he's been tending. And, you know, could you imagine? I think like this. Just pray for me because I picture it. The body language? Here walks up David. What? Samuel, it's him. The brothers, what? Dad, no way. Even David's probably going, okay, well, my heart is after God's own heart. I am His to do with as He pleases. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? 
Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.